Oh my gosh. Well, um, it is literally minutes, so like an hour before this podcast is going up and we are recording it. So congratulations to the ADHD side of me. It has won this week in terms of planning. But I mean, if I'm being fair to myself, this is my birthday week and we're leaving for vacation tomorrow. So I'm going to be a little bit more graceful and just say that this is the best time I could fit the recording of the podcast in for today. So here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome. This is Rachel Vogt, and this is A Good Girl's Guide, too. This is um, a great place to learn about free content. Link trees in the bio, so that way, if you're looking for more free stuff, you can find it on Facebook, you can find it on Instagram, you can find it on TikTok, so really just about, um, well, I'm not all the platforms, but in Snapchat, I'm back on the Snapper now, I'm back on the Snapper, so make sure you find me. Uh, the most obscure name, because it's Rachie Nay, uh, because I created this years before I ever thought I would use it for a business account. You can't change your name and I'm not starting over from scratch. So anyway, I digress, uh, link tree for that. Now I used to use like the first three to five minutes to do a huge opening about who I was, how to connect it. If you were here, you probably already know. If you, if you are new, you were probably referred to somebody who was like, I need you to listen to my friend because she is a, B or C. I don't know what it is that, um, we are attracted to each other, but you know why you're here. So, you know, the reason I'm kind of sporadic with my thing, uh, my thing, see, I'm so sporadic with my thoughts, I can't even use the right words to get things out, is um, partially because it's been a whirlwind of a 36th birthday from yesterday, which was just so amazingly awesome. Partially because in less than a week time span, I've had a lot of, um, chaos swirling around my mother, which if you are a close friend of mine or um, a longtime listener, you know that there's a lot of stuff going on with that particular situation. And so I'm vacillated between whether or not to do a podcast today about that and trying to work it out uh, or this other thing that I wanted to talk about. And I think I'm going to put a pin in the mom conversation because I don't think I'm ready to fully process it yet. And I think that the more I stew in that, the more it'll be on my mind during vacation. And it sounds so selfish to say, I'm not putting her on a back burner, but I just don't think that there's anything I can do during my vacation. So there's no reason for me to make that the focal point of my my heart and my mind and uh, my thoughts right now. So I'm actually going to do the thing that I wanted to talk about. So the thing I want to talk about today, the reason I'm broaching the subject. I've talked about it before, so it's not like this is a very big deal. It's not going to be a huge surprise to anybody either, but the reason it's kind of a big deal for me to like fully spend an hour just diving deep into this conversation is because a lot of the stuff that I'm reading in my personal development right now is all about action. And um, if you've been listening within the last couple of weeks, one of the focuses that I've been talking about for myself is that I have done such a great job in the last three to five years about digesting information. Uh, and I haven't been doing a lot of executing. And I'm pretty notorious for that. So I don't know if you can relate to this, uh, especially for like, I don't know if this is a Rachel personality trait or an ADHD trait, an entrepreneurial trait, uh, a millennial trait. I could be a mix of all of these things, but I am so good at distracting myself in the hyper-focus of learning the thing that it really um, subjugates me from actually executing the thing. So I don't know if you can relate to that. So if I bury myself deep in processes and understanding and dissecting and digesting and blah, 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 then I'm not actually going to have to do the real thing. And that is um, a coping mechanism, I believe, but I'm actually really good at it, like really good at it, like to uh, almost to a fault. The reason I say that is because, you know, it's through avoidance. Like I'm not doing the hard work of anything, whether it's personally developing financial um, literacy and wealth, you know, working through some relationships. It doesn't matter what it is, but I can quote unquote dissect, dissect oh my gosh, third, I'll get, the, I'll get the word right the third time around. I quote unquote 
distract myself so much from the analyzing why my relationships are the way they are, learning 45 different ways to get better financial savviness or whatever, all of that, because it distracts me from having to do the action. And the action is where it's at, right? Because it leads you to the thing that you're trying to get to um, in any way, shape or form. It's some type of movement. But I used to think that the reason I didn't do the thing of anything, why I don't do action is because I was petrified of the end result, like making the wrong decision, which I think probably is ultimately what it is at the end of the day. But when you back it up, it's just making the decision in general because you have to make a decision to make the decision, right? And that's the thing that scares, like I don't, I'm not, I've never, was never empowered to make decisions. Nobody ever empowered me to make decisions. So I never feel confident that I'm making the right decision, not only for myself, but for my family. And then therefore for my business, therefore for everybody that I try to help and so on and so forth. So why, why did I go off on a, another five minute tangent to talk about what we're gonna talk about today? Because everything that my personal development is, is saying is like, you, that's how you live your purpose is that you just unapologetically do the thing that's most important to you. You share the thing that's most important to you because that is what your purpose becomes. You might be very passionate about a lot of things, but some of those things are just hobbies, right? Like you might be very passionate about crocheting, but it's not necessarily your life's purpose to teach other people how to crochet, crochet baby hats for people in the NICU or whatever. It's just a hobby, right? Maybe bicycling is just a hobby, but for Lance Armstrong, it's a purpose, right? Like it's his purpose. So there is a distinction between those two. And I was thinking about that when I was getting my hair done today, right? Is because like, I love my hairstylist. I've been going to her for over a decade and I will not change until she retires. It's just not gonna happen. And I, that sometimes makes me feel bad because I have so many talented people that I know do hair, uh, but it's just how I feel, right? I just feel that way. And so why did I say that? Well, she's been um, you know, a cosmetologist for God knows how long, but in the grand scheme of things, like how many people do you know who are massively successful at doing hair okay so like there's celebrity hairstylists right and even when I was like younger like some of them like actually had clout and they were like in the news and be being besties with their celebrity friends and so on and so forth but how many people are world changingly successful or are well known for for doing hair probably not a lot why do I tell you that because it was like an epiphany for me that, you know, like I still feel like there's a lot of weight on my shoulders or I put on my self shoulders. Nobody's doing this to me, right? That I have to be the next Rachel Hollis or the next Tony Robbins or the next something that otherwise my life's purpose will not have made anything or meant anything. And if I do not come to that type of stature, then I'm not successful. So my family is poor. We're not well off, whatever. Like these are the thoughts that run through my head. And that's crushing because it just negate, negates from the important work that I'm already doing, have already done, not only for myself, but for the people's lives that I have touched and I didn't change their lives. I just held space for them to be able to figure out how to change that for themselves. So does it make it any less special or impactful because it's not on a scale of those other people? It doesn't. So it was comforting because it's like, you might not be the next A, B, and C person, Brene Brown, right? But just, it doesn't take away from my hairdresser and her love of what she does and her success in her life, it was just a very comforting reminder that what I'm doing is enough. So why did I say that? Because that's been kind of the goal that I've, I've been telling myself as I wrap up 2021, 2021, I didn't really have a lot of 
tangible goals that I set. It was just like kind of getting through the year and making up for last year and kind of putting the pieces together. But I'm very intentionally in 2022 going into that year with much more execution than digesting. I have done enough great work in terms of understanding tools or at least learning where I can get tools if I find myself at a roadblock in life in 2022. I am confident, even though even even though when that the thing might happen, I'm not gonna necessarily feel confident in that moment. I know confidently speaking right here, right now, that I will be able to reach out to somebody or something to be able to acquire the tool to move past whatever stuck feeling that I'm having. That's important because if I'm making that declaration that I'm not going to uh, commit to reading a new book a day, uh, that I'm not gonna like, you know, try to sign up to become an EFT tapping, um, what's the word I'm looking for, practitioner. I'm not gonna try to do something new. I'm just going to be Rachel and I'm going to use the tools that I've already been given, that I've already acquired, that I've already taught myself, that somebody else taught me. I'm going to use that full force in 2022. And the reason that's important is because one of the distinguishing factors that the books that I keep reading about finding your purpose, living your purpose, being within personal development, being within spiritual development, being within growth, all of that is that you're really going to want to speak your truth. And it's such a cliche phrase that you've probably heard. My husband hates it. Um, but when it's used incorrectly, it can be rather annoying and it definitely is, it's, it's washed out. But when I talk about speaking my truth, it's like, I find that I withhold a lot when I speak about my own personal development because I'm fearful of judgment. I'm fearful of what people will think of me. I'm, 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 I'm fearful of that people won't think what I'm doing is legitimate, I suppose. They might even classify me into a certain realm of only, only a, a type of caliber a person would want to work with me when they know the type of tactics and things that I, I, I employ in my own life. And for a long time, that was scary because it almost felt like I was convincing myself that I was isolating from, I don't know from what necessarily, but all I'm really doing is hurting myself because the more truth I speak, the more fine-tuned my network will become, the more fine-tuned whoever listens to this podcast, like the people listen to the podcast at the beginning of the podcast don't listen to it anymore necessarily because I'm not their cup of tea anymore. I wasn't to begin with. We are in different planes. We are in different growth patterns and paths of our lives or whatever. So that's going to ebb and flow anyway. And the more truth I speak about who I am and how I'm growing myself, the more the person who needs to best align with my message will hear it. So <clears throat> the reason I share that is because the conversation I want to have today is an ode to cannabis. And like I said, it's not really new. And in terms of me talking about this being a part of my life, it's also not very new in 2021. Uh, but being in the state of Nebraska, which is a very highly conservative state, it is still very, very taboo. There's a lot of things to consider. There's not um, a legal way to purchase THC specifically in the state of Nebraska, but there is so much out there right now that it, not only does it feel a little bit safer to have a conversation in a conservative state about it, um, but my exposure over speaking about the subject more quietly amongst my network in the last couple of years, I am confident that there is so many people out there already using cannabis as a part of their everyday life. There's a lot of people out there that are curious much more than you would think. Um, and there's people that you would probably never suspect who are already using it or are curious to use it. So 
You know, today's conversation is not much of a history lesson. And I implore you from the bottom of my heart to go out and do your research because the rest of this conversation will mean nothing to you. You will, you will sit on a place of, I'm going to say judgment about what I have to say. If you have not done enough research, because like I came to the world of cannabis, I would say not really one way or the other about it. I was pretty open. Um, but the ironic thing is, is I didn't become a user until about six years ago. And so I made the adult decision to get into this habit, this passion. I don't even know what we call it just in this world. And I did it through legal means. You know, I started my cannabis journey in Colorado, where it is obviously a legal source of consumption. And it was a whirlwind of experience. It was so amazing to go into a setting uh, to not know a lot about it and be able to be properly educated by people who were passionate about it. So, you know, six years is not that long considering being 36. Um, there's a lot of people out there that have been using it for a lot more um, years, uh, even within my own circle. But this can't be an educational uh, hour. It just, I just, that's why I encourage you to do so because I believe that the more that people really understand the plant, the, the plant, the thing that grows from Mother Gaia, you know, the more people will really make their own decisions. So this is not a conversation to convince you whether you think it's right or wrong. It's a, it's a conversation to tell you about what my experience has been and how it has been one of the largest tools in personal development, literally, that has changed my life. And so if I'm not truthful about that, then I'm not doing myself any justice, but I'm just, I'm not being truthful, right? So the reason that's important for me to share is because I, there's so many things that will be important along your journey, but there's been so many things that have been important along my journey as well. And if I didn't even give cannabis a whole hour's worth of time into my personal development, I would not be doing it justice, but let alone, I wouldn't be doing you justice for you to know, because it would be kind of fake. It'd be like getting lap band surgery and dropping a bunch of weight and then telling you that I diet and exercise or like I did a healthy lifestyle change, but not giving you the full disclosure of it. And it just doesn't feel, it, it's not that it doesn't feel right. Cause I'm not, I'm not holding, I'm not withholding it. Like if people ask me about it and I'm, I am truthful and honest, but I also do have children in my home. Um, I'm a part of a blended family. So, you know, it's not something that I, I can be willy nilly with it as if we were just discussing having a glass of wine at dinner. But six years ago, um, I definitely just totally for the fun of it was in Colorado with my best friend and my now husband. And, you know, we had a very fun recreational time with it. And it only was something that started in, in Colorado because that was really the only access that I had to. I wouldn't even have known where to get it. Um, but over time, it just became something that was a coping mechanism, which has now become more of a healthy coping mechanism. And then sometimes reverts back to a coping mechanism. So let me, let me explain a little bit, because if you're, if you feel like you're judging a little bit, um, I hope that this might help. And for a lot of you, I already know, I know a ton of people are already using cannabis, but I think some people do get the wrong impression about it because especially if you're using it in your younger age, the younger portion of your life, I suspect you're probably using it more as a party favor. You're using it more just as you would treat alcohol, but I quite literally substitute mine for an antidepressant. I, you, I substitute mine as an anti-anxiety. I substitute mine as um, an energy supplement I, I, for so many different things. So let's talk about it real quick. So prior to personal development, not even just, um, you know, adding in cannabis use to my life, 
I, like everybody else on planet Earth, had some really unhealthy coping mechanisms, and I'm sure you can relate. And this is one of the things that I love about personal development that I gave to my life was this perspective about how truly everybody is hurting and truly everybody is coping in some way, shape, or form. And for some people, they, it's 555, by the way, some people cope healthfully by maybe moving their body and going to uh, the gym, talking to a therapist or anybody um, who could specialize and holding space for them. Uh, a lot of people could benefit from stuff like that, but most of us don't. Most of us don't because we weren't given the tools or the opportunity to understand that different modalities are available for coping like that and that it's incredibly healthy. Most of us, uh, at least from my standpoint and for how I can speak from my own personal perspective is that, you know, there's a lot of guilt, there's a lot of shame, there's a lot of negativity, there's a lot of correction uh, when you're growing up. It's not it's it theoretically is in your best interest it's just not that your, your your parents might not have known how to get you to that place and so you know that no don't do that stop that all of those things were in our best interest uh through their vision but it, it catapulted us into leading with the negative instead of trying to be positive to the best of our abilities okay so lots of mine uh like looking back my biggest coping mechanism still to this day is with food um i eat when i'm sad i eat when i'm um, stressed i eat when i am trying to avoid i eat when i'm celebratory i eat when i'm tired i eat when i am i think i said anxious but i'm gonna say it again i eat when i drink i eat when i don't even know like it I, I, when i'm bored that's the biggest one for sure I'm bored especially after like 7 or 8 p.m um so that's my biggest coping mechanism and then for a quite a few years shopping was also a coping mechanism for me uh, I would spend all day shopping sometimes um, and even when I stopped doing that I 1000% had too many credit cards that I could buy things online with I know that alcohol was also a coping mechanism for me it's something that I can quote-unquote feel like I can be more myself because for whatever reason but uh, I'm almost completely off of alcohol now but I think you could probably relate to that and let's not I mean come on like that's actually in my opinion and you could do your own research much more unhealthy for you than smoking pl cannabis plants so that was a coping mechanism um excessive grooming like pulling at my cuticles or pulling my hair apart like the split ends um cleaning pores off of my skin my face my chest my arms my any any place but really those were all those are some of the most prominent um unhealthy coping mechanisms that i have binge watching television shows or social media platforms on my cell phone as well I'm sure you can relate but a lot of people just don't equate these things to being um coping mechanisms but i challenge you to think about like smoking cigarettes um maybe excessively working on a vehicle like i know people who avoid their feelings you know by tinkering in the car in the garage or something like that these are all things that people do and again these can be healthy things like probably not smoking a cigarette or having a glass of wine right but like going for a run can be incredibly cathartic and very good for your body but going for an 18 mile jog every day probably not so great right so everything has the ability to potentially be a healthy release but when it becomes a coping mechanism then we probably have a problem right and so uh, i would challenge you to really kind of pay attention to yours and then really understanding and being graceful to yourself because at the end of the day it it is a drug because what drugs do is they help us forget about whatever it is we're forgetting or we want to forget about because in this moment we're uncomfortable whether it's um feelings of trauma that are being triggered whether it's feelings of lack or uh rejection we don't want to feel that way so we'll do anything and smoking a cigarette even though it's so 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 small in terms of what it does to your body it still 
changes your state of mind. Caffeine still changes your state of mind. Overindulging in food, your the physicality of your tummy feeling so tight is a state of mind change and it's a distraction from the emotion you were feeling before. So I beg of you to think of all of these things that we do because we all do them. And so we all have both coping mechanisms and unhealthy coping mechanisms, right? Or dealing with it or whatever. Okay. So um, I had all of these things, all of these things I was doing. Soda pop was one of them as well. Sugar is a huge, huge thing for me. I don't really know how to explain, you know, like the slope at which cannabis started to become something that I was using. But I, I would say that I was probably, I would notice that it was, it was physically changing the way that I felt. Obviously, like you can get head high, of course, but um, when I didn't feel good, like not like depression, like when I didn't feel, when I feel icky, like when I, might, I felt a little nauseous or I just didn't feel good, it easily changed my state of mind. It easily changed my body. And so then I could start to see these parallels and like feeling good. And then um, one summer when I was hanging out with some friends, it was like the dead heat of the Midwest, as you probably know, it's all disgustingly sticky. And I noticed that I'm not sweating. Now, this is not necessarily probably a healthy thing, right? Because we need to be able to regulate our bodies. But I don't think that it was a matter that the, the cannabis was overriding my ability to feel the fact that I needed to sweat because it was so hot outside. I believe that I was like self-regulating my body temperature. That's what I think. So it was weird because I would notice that I was not sweating. So I was very comfortable in the heat when everybody else was not. Um, so I took that one step further and like tried that with exercising uh, sometimes. I necessarily, again, don't necessarily recommend it. And I want to make sure that you're an experienced cannabis user because it can leave you lightheaded, which you just want to make sure that you're looking down at your feet as soon as you can because that helps that blood flow. But I just thought maybe like the ease of anxiety about the way I felt when I was um, working out, but even of course the potential of sweating. Now, obviously when you're working out, you should be sweating. So should be overriding that. But again, it was just like this experimentation with where was I noticing that it was really impacting my life for a positive sense versus is it a problem in other areas? And so the reason that this is an important conversation for me is because it, it still is something that I use very heavily in my life. Cannabis has taken many forms and shapes. I have used Delta 8, Delta 9, uh, CBD, regular THC. So the cannabis plant itself is just a wonderful little additive to consider using for whether it's mental headspace as well as physical physical headspace or maybe the both of them. But it has been such a powerful bridge for me between that intellectual world and that spiritual world that I couldn't see and understand for me to really be able to say, oh, but it makes sense that it could exist, I guess. And I know that was kind of like a little bit of a tangent, but here's a conversation that I use uh, at my parties when people are interested in learning a little bit about cannabis. Uh, because again, I think that the information that we are given to in the public forum, especially by our government, is a very skewed vision of what that is. And I believe that cannabis is definitely changing drastically. I know that like, I mean, reports nationwide show that people are interested in it. It also shows that people are more apt to um, legalizing as well. But it's really more of um, something, you know, in D.C. that's a problem. It's through the politicians that we're having an issue primarily in 2021 okay and that's neither here nor there but anyway if you were to think of the word cannabis okay so compare that to the word flower because when you think of the word flower 
I don't know what comes to your mind, but you could probably think of a lot of different things, right? You could think of roses and tulips and daisies and dandelions and lilies. And I don't even know how long we could go on forever and ever, right? There's a lot of different flowers and they all fall under that word of umbrella flowers. So when you compare it to the word cannabis, it's the same. The word cannabis can house many different things like the ones I just listed, like CBD and THC and uh, Delta 8 and Delta 9. There's a lot of endocannabinoids, not only within your body, but there's a lot of different types of cannabinoids that come from cannabis. And so when you look at something like CBD and THC, THC is one of the main ingredients in marijuana that leaves you psychoactive head high because it has the ability to break your brain blood barrier. It is that potent that you can feel it distort your mental awareness. Now, something like CBD, which is a cousin of THC, this is something that is uh, much more widely used for a lot of people because it um, ne won't necessarily show up on a drug test because, again, it's not the same plant. It's something totally different. It doesn't have the ability to break your brain blood barrier. So when you're using a product that's infused with CBD, it will not leave you psychoactive head high. You will not feel it in your head at all. And that's actually one of the reasons I, I'm not as big of a fan of CBD. A lot of people, they love CBD because of that. They don't like the aspect of feeling out of control of their body. And that's why they don't lean towards the THC aspect. They prefer CBD. My husband loves Delta 8s. Delta 8s are um, another cousin. So they are not the exact same thing as um, THC. Delta 8s are a lower dose, quote unquote, if you're, if you're going very, very basic. Um, it's a lower dose of THC where you still have this ability to really fully function. But for him, it alleviates the pain in his knees that he feels bone on bone. Um, just, you know, of course, an energetic day after 40 hour work week or even an eight hour day in general or being a father and all this jazz, right? Like it just allows for his ability, the ability for his body to relax all that tension, that energy it's holding on to. So all of these things are, they're cousins. They're cousins that fall under the cannabis umbrella, you know? So it's not an easy conversation necessarily to have because like if we're talking to our kids about CBD and we're talking to our kids about Delta 8, these are things that we can buy legally in Lincoln, even in our city, uh, within our state of Nebraska, but we still can't purchase THC legally. So, you know, we talk to our kids. Well, I mean, I talk to Cole more than Tony talks to Q because again, it's a mixed family situation. And, and my kid has more questions than Q and I don't know what that says about him. Um, but you know, we, we do have open conversations, but we're not disclosing to our children that this is what we do. Um, and I'm sure that they, I mean, they're 14 and 15, so they probably have an awareness, the fact that we go to Colorado several times a year, but we're just leaving the door open. We're not, uh, at least for me, I can't speak for my husband, of course, and I should be able to in this type of conversation because it's a pretty big deal, but I'm just not going to persecute cannabis to my kids. And I obviously know that that makes me biased because I'm a user, but I would really like for them to formulate their own opinion. You know, my parents didn't tell me anything about alcohol or drugs in general, uh, but my dad did tell me that the day I graduated high school, as I was about to go off, you know, like spend the night with my friends uh, to celebrate in the summer eves, he's like, I would much rather you uh, get stoned than get drunk. And that was like, thanks for the graduation advice, of course. That was, I, I had been drinking since I was 15, by the way, um, alcohol. So that was a little too, little too late for that advice, especially because alcohol was so easy to get. But that was really saying something, you know, that was really saying something. All right, so let's bring this conversation back to um, the coping idea, right? So I haven't been on antidepressants in a myriad of years. Uh, and I didn't, it's not that I didn't like them. I just, my personally, I never really felt any different. Even when my dose changed, um, you know, people around me often would tell me that they could see a difference, but I personally was not seeing or feeling much of a difference. And obviously that's the most important thing. So there was um, an antidepressant I was on for a while. I still don't really personally feel like it made a huge difference in my life, but I can tell you now 
that is because I just wasn't really happy in my life. It wasn't something that a pill could honestly fix. Like it could numb me. It could maybe make me um, to a point where I wasn't feeling as low level feeling emotions about my life, but I just wasn't really feeling anything. So it's been probably almost a decade since I've been on um, antidepressants. I've never been on an anti-anxiety med, but I was only, and I'm not officially diagnosed with that, but I'm just giving you this as a, this feedback because I've never been on an anxiety med and that's really not fair. But it's an important conversation to have because my therapist was the one who was telling me that I was displaying signals of anxiety within my life. And, you know, I think that we can take that at face value that even without an official diagnosis of somebody with a clinical setting says, hey, it seems like you're, you're uh, displaying signs of anxiety. I probably have some anxiety anxiety, even if it's low level on a scale of one to 10, I've never had to take an anxiety med when she, um, you know, helped me to see that I was displaying anxiety like tendencies. The really healthy thing that we did was she described to me what anxiety looked like. She described to me about how anxiety can feel. And so I needed to be able to recognize when I was getting to a point of feeling that overwhelm. You know, she didn't make this recommendation, of course, for me to treat with cannabis by any means, but that was something that was really helpful to me because when things started to become like a carousel in my brain and I couldn't get my mind to stop, stop, um, going a million miles an hour, the smart thing would be to sit down and listen to the thoughts, maybe journal and meditate. But five, six years ago, I had none of those skills. I had none of those skills yet. So this was something that just allowed for my brain to really slow down and I could actually function and feel like my heart wasn't about to beat out of my chest, right? So and I'm going to take this one step further in terms of the cannabis conversation because I don't want you to go out tomorrow and just start buying a bunch of cannabis. I'm sure you know that. Um, you can reach out to me. I, I'm not, again, claiming that I can be your purest um, cannabis advocate. I'm just a user who is very excited about it but i i'm, I'm not a, i'm not i i know people i can get you in touch with and i've got great resources in terms of like if you're a nerd about it and you need to know that kind of thing great fantastic but that's not really what this is about anyway back to you know five six years ago when uh i was still very overweight so maybe 230 i wasn't quite 250 i think 250 was at a time when i wasn't with tony i think maybe 230 so i'm climbing back up to my highest weight two, 230 pounds eating out three to four times a week, consuming a minimum of 32 ounces of soda a day. Um, I wasn't in talk therapy. Well, I wasn't, I was not in talk therapy five or six years ago. So I didn't have any support in that regard. I was definitely not moving my body or going to a gym any days of the week. Um, I mean, I guess the list goes on, right? So enter cannabis. Cannabis was really one of the first positive things in my life in that regard, in all honesty. And so there's a lot of cliche things that do go, go with that, right? So you smoke a little bit, you probably eat a little bit, you smoke a little bit, you, uh, you eat a little bit, you know, you smoke a little bit, you um, maybe you lay, lay around and do nothing. But that was the conversation we were having is that, you know, like, that's why it's important for you to do your individual research about not only uh, um, cannabis in general, but why it's what's going to be best for you. Because my husband and I really enjoy utilizing cannabis together. A lot of my friends and I really utilize, uh, enjoy utilizing cannabis together, but each of us are different individuals and people. In our house even, we, com we completely prefer different strands. My husband likes a nice indica strand. Uh, an easy way to remember what indica is, is indica couch. Indica is indica couch. So that's gonna give you that very traditional, very cliche-ly, um, <laughs> uh, meteorized version of smoking pot, right? Is like being lazy and munching a lot, right? I prefer what's called a sativa. Sativa would be the energy type of version of the plant, which I didn't even know existed until again, I went and got this education. 
So you can come from one extreme and have like high energy. You can come from another extreme and have very low energy, something to just mellow you out and chill you out. You can have a mix of both. So maybe something that starts off really mellow, but then jolts you up with energy. Maybe the opposite where you start off really high with energy, but you come back down super low. Maybe you need something that helps you like throughout the day, but then you sleep really well at night with a, a like a little bit of an indica. It, like it's just, this is why it's so beautifully cool that you need to figure out what's best for you. Because if you've ever had a bad experience, it's probably because you ditch weed. It's probably because you didn't have what was good for you. And you know, when you start into it, you don't necessarily know. So you want to microdose. So you want to start very small, uh, just like you would with alcohol. You know, when you first drink alcohol, you can get drunk very quickly. So you can get high very quickly. But what's really cool about cannabis and what's something that's always kept it special place in my heart with it is that you can't become addicted to it. It is a plant. It is not a chemical that your body will start then desiring to function properly. And I want to make sure that I make this distinction that it's not that you can't become addicted to the feeling you get, the euphoria, um, the ambivalence, whatever. That's you're, you're becoming a, a, um, addicted to the distraction. You're becoming addicted to the thing that's helping you avoid your problem. And I've 1000% been in that place once, twice, handful of times when using cannabis, of course. I'm avoiding because I don't want to feel. And this thing, if I can just, if I could smoke enough or eat enough or whatever, I can literally veg out on the couch and watch Netflix and I can get my brain to shut the F up, then it's an avoidance technique, right? But the reason that it's important, uh, at least it was important to me, is that if you were to stop taking cannabis tomorrow, your body's not going to go through withdrawals. You're not going to have shakes. You're not going to have seizures. You're probably never going to be um, put into a hospital. Um, that's another conversation for another day in terms of overdose. But anyways, I digress again. The worst that I've ever really felt is super, super dehydrated, like consuming way too much ca cannabis and not keeping up with my water. Um, I've absolutely felt so tired. I had to go to sleep. Um, I know other people have had other experiences and I'm not trying to negate from those, but I've just been very fortunate because again, I started my journey in my adulthood. I started my journey at a place where shortly after I started implementing healthier techniques for managing my mental health. So I, I'm very, very blessed that this has never become a quote unquote problem for me um, to an extent, <laughs> right? But again, it's supplementing everything. It's not just one thing. It's not a drug in my house that I use. It is an antidepressant, an anti-anxiety. It's a stimulant as well as um, a creative flow technique for me. It's a bonding mechanism that I use for my friends and um, with my family, um, some family members, right? Like I said, I'm about to give up alcohol. I haven't had alcohol in over for a month now um, and I was using it so sparingly anyways that it just it just like when I compare the two I would rather choose cannabis than I would alcohol anyway because I every time I drink alcohol and I don't know if this is a mix because it's the yeast in it that affects in terms of a diet for me gluten you know um, I don't know if it's because of my age range I don't know but whenever I drink now it doesn't matter if I have one drink or six drinks I feel so congested like I spent the previous day with my face and a bed of flowers that I was allergic to because I'm so, so sinusy heavy. So again, personal preferences, personal decisions, personal experiences as well. But I did a podcast a while back when I talked about the fact that cannabis was such a huge game changer for me when it came to the intimate world go check that out because that is still that's 100% the truth and I think that that's how it bridged from this recreational thing to this thing that was an everyday use because when it was recreation only it absolutely stemmed into the bedroom it absolutely stemmed into intimacy because it just you know I, I how would it not you know like I, I don't think I have to tell you or I have to defend if you've ever been in a situation like let's say for with alcohol at least this was something I used to do especially back in high school and early in my college years is you drink a little you feel um, your inhibitions kind of lower you feel like you can maybe be who you think you were supposed to be or whatever whatever okay so 
used to do the same thing, but this was intentional recreation use with my partner. And we knew that this could be fun and giggly or whatever. So it, it obviously just feels like it would naturally move into the bedroom. And not only, you know, is cannabis really great for the fun aspect of the bedroom, but uh, you know, of course, as you see now, when we're introducing cannabis into intimacy products, when you have CBD infused lubricants or THC infused lubricants, suppositories and things like that, you know, it's just, it's very fun and magical because that adds that extra um, intention of potential increased pleasure and definitely comfortability because you're relaxing muscles, you're relaxing even your mental state, which increases your blood flow and allows for you to receive much more pleasure in your life. So, you know, when things escalated to the highest degree in the best way possible into the bedroom, it just seems inevitable that it was going to seep into my personal life. Just like everything else that I was doing that I was seeing positive results, it just seemed like the responsible thing to do. I'm not talking about the cannabis specifically, but when I started learning all these other skills, it seemed like the responsible thing to do to see where I could apply them in the rest of my life. And for a long time, that was what I was doing secretly with cannabis because I was embarrassed and I was ashamed that it was like, it's a, it's a drug. It's a drug as it's classified by the, I was going to say the state of Nebraska, yes, which is true too, and a lot of other states in the United States and sometimes some, some other places in the world. But I will also tell you that I've never tried any illegal drug. The opportunity never arose um, when it came to things like, like crack and cocaine and, and heroin, but I also had zero interest in those really per se. But, um, you know, the in the the, the the oh my gosh I can't reset my mouth here, the opportunity never really applied itself to my life, and I think that that the universe is doing that for me. Like any chance that I might have gotten a wild hair that I was like, man, it'd be really fun to try some X, man, it'd be really fun to try some whatever, right? Like it was like I got a hookup, somebody was gonna get it to me, they couldn't because of X, Y, and Z reason, uh, and it'd be well, it doesn't matter what, okay. The, the universe is basically has told me and has pretty much cemented my decision for the last three or five years now that it's like, you're not supposed to do anything other than pot. And, uh, and I just think that I'm so blessed because of that. It could have been a completely different road. It has been for so many other people. And you compare the addictiveness of these other things too, that I just, I think the universe, right? But I don't want to um, take away from that because I know that there's a lot of people who are struggling in their own stories and who have come so far from that. It's not different though for Overeaters Anonymous. It's not different for Overspenders Anonymous. I don't know if that's really what they call it, but shopping addictions, I don't know. It's not, it's not different for, um, people who feel like they are obsessed with sex, if there is sex addiction, right? Everything we're doing is to avoid feeling something else or processing something else. So um, it's just been such a journey that only a few people have really been able to speak to me about. And I, that sucks because those few people have then gone on some of them to really experience some positive change in their life because of this opportunity. And so Having said all that I said there, you know, like I really want to breach into this conversation. Like it, it's so good for the physical body, as we've already talked about, because it can like literally ease your pain. It can literally add some pleasure because it heightens all your receptors. Uh, but it also takes you out of your headspace. And I think that is the biggest thing for myself is that and it makes sense, right? Because if I'm saying that it makes me feel better, I shouldn't say that it makes me feel better because again, that's dependent on the thing itself. It allows for me to get the mental chatter in my brain to slow down to a processable speed 
that I can listen, that the voice that used to be there that said, who do you think you are? You can never do this. Like get your shit together. You're, you're a total failure. You're never, you're never going to get it right. All of that stuff. That was the autopilot that was running at 150 miles an hour. And it was going so quickly. It was almost like a billboard on the interstate. It was like, it was like I caught a glimpse of it, but I couldn't catch the phone number to call back. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was that it was ingrained in my, in, uh, in my psyche because I saw the message I saw the message on the billboard, but I didn't read the fine print. And so that voice was going so quickly that this plant could literally change everything for me that I could slow down. I could hear it. I could process it with time. And after practicing, I could actually decide and choose, is that who I want to hear? Is that who should be narrating my life? Is that should be who dictates my decisions? No. And when it feel, felt like the old me was creeping in, that was the type of thing I can reach to that would allow for me to take some deep breaths and allow for me to process and allow for me to choose. Now, I'm still gonna take it one step further that I have already declared to the universe that at some point in my life, I 1000% believe that I won't even be smoking cannabis anymore or however you choose to digest it, right? And here's why, is because it is still a coping mechanism. Like theoretically, the whole human form is that we should be able to live authentically within each and every emotion because it truly makes us a human. But I'm not at that place yet. I've only been studying myself for five years. I've only been studying personal development and spiritual growth intentionally for five years. I've only been making positive progress that has been sticking as good habits for five years. And I'm 36 years old. So I still have 31 years of autopilot innate behaviors that I often find myself trying to overcompensate. And I will pat myself on the back and give, give me an girl with no ego involved in a sense, because I know that I'm teaching it to other people. And I know that I have a lifetime to continue working on this to really hone in on my craft and become really good at it. But I, I, I the only, only way I do that is by getting there and starting to do it, right? So thankfully, five years ago, I started. But my point is, is that I'm not a superhuman. If I was superhuman, I would be like Jesus. I would be like Buddha. I wouldn't need any of that stuff. And I'm also not saying that I'm going to need to be to that caliber for me to give up cannabis. I'm saying that I know that if I can be that person, if I can be a person who can process their time, process their thoughts, process their behaviors, process their emotions when I'm using cannabis, that means I have the ability and capability of doing this by myself. And, okay, for those of you that are like, what about meditation, Rachel? Okay, yes, I know, okay? <laughs> so meditation is one of those things, right? Meditation and prayer are one of those skill sets that when that becomes innately the first thing that I do when I wake up 100% of the time, then 80% of the time, 90% of the time even is probably better than nothing, right? But when that is a more heavily used tool, then yeah, it probably will be the thing that I won't, I won't need to use quote unquote cannabis to make it through my day or process or to get really creative or to wind down or to sleep better or whatever. And maybe it is, I don't know. But at the end of the day, I still am going to choose it over the alcohol that I used, um, you know, to make myself seem more funny to impress my husband. At the end of the day, it's still going to be the thing that I choose over a whole ice cream cake because it not only is nostalgic, but it also uh, reminds me that I love food that tastes good. Then it also is celebratory because you only get ice cream cake on sweet treat kinds of days. And it's all, you see all of these emotions into the one ice cream cake that the cannabis allows for me to process and it's zero calories comparatively. Okay. So it's substituted these unhealthy habits that I had 
uh, for overspending and um, depressive thoughts and anti-anxiety that are for those anxiety that was running through my chest and making me breathe faster and um, making my, my pulse race. It's not good for my physical body. So it has replaced a lot of those bad habits. And some may argue that it's not a great habit, right? But in my perspective and my opinion and what it's been for my body, it is better than the things that I just listed. Okay, so... I'm not, again, I'm not suggesting that you run out to Colorado tomorrow. Actually, I am suggesting that. But I'm not suggesting that you go out and find yourself a dealer necessarily if this is something that you're not comfortable with and it definitely cannot promote any illegal behavior on my podcast platform. I can't, I can't, I can't promote it. I can't promote it, but I can't not say that you can't not do it. I'm just saying, I don't know if that got louder. I got my voice closer to the, the speakerphone. But anyways, uh, I just, we know that, right? So remember, like, and this is maybe for a majority of the people I speak to, it's odd because I tend to be one of the only people who purely likes the cannabis that likes the THC, that loves that experience of being out of my head. I like giving up that control. And the thing is, is like, I don't, I, I mean, like, I'm not in denial that I'm thinking I'm not still in control of myself, but the person, the autopilot that still holds on pretty tightly to running my life, you know, she lo loosens that grip each and every time I process more, each and every time I choose a healthy decision, each and every time I laugh a little harder than I did the day before or whatever, you know, 2021 Rachel is becoming more present my higher self the person I'm meant to be that person runs the show more and more every day but that other person still hangs out there it still does it's still still there and so for me it just feels like it just feels like ease you know um it just does it just it feels better it just I and I want that for you <laughs> I want that for you so if you're somebody that you're like I can't Rachel I just don't enjoy the feeling of not being in control I'm like give it all to me Give it all to me because uh, I I like not having to make a decision. I like having to, I like I like feeling in flow that things are just working for me. I like feeling like if I just go, it, it is what it is. It's gonna work out, and that not only has proven to work better for me. Okay, uh, it feels a heck of a lot better than over stressing, overthinking, over everything. Okay. So in this instance, it's important for you to become your own advocate. I said advocate. Did you hear that? I said advocate, advocate. And the reason I say that is because you're the only person who will. All right. You know, if we wanted to wrap this conversation back to like what's going on with my mom right now, like this is, it's just such a hard feeling because I'm basically being asked to take care of a grown adult and somebody that I love and I care about. But at the end of the day, like I tell myself, nobody's coming for Rachel. The same way that you should tell yourself that and not in a nihilistic way that it's like doom and gloom, that it needs to be empowering. Nobody's coming for you. Nobody's coming for me, even if I wanted it to be my husband. My, my husband needs to be busy coming for himself anyway, but I don't need to put the responsibility of him coming for me as well. We have three children between the two of us, right? He does not need a fourth person. So why do I say that? Nobody's coming for you. And you need to take that as the most empowering statement, not as a rejection, not as a lack, not as a, I'm not good enough. You need to understand how emboldened you should be to empower yourself to know that you should be the hero in your own story. You should know what you want. You should know how you're going to get there, or you should at least know that you should be open to figuring that out because it's going to flow. Of course, you don't have to know all that right now, but nobody's going to teach you how to pay your bills. Nobody's going to teach you how to invest. Nobody's going to help you save for retirement. Nobody's going to get you to the doctor. Nobody's going to tell you whether or not it's best for you. Well, I mean, everybody will tell you whether or not it's best for you to get a vaccine, of course, but nobody's going to be able to tell you if it's best for you and your body.
okay? You are literally your advocate. So you need to empower yourself to figure out what is best for you on this healing path. And it just so happens that cannabis has been one of the biggest influences for me in my life. It allows for me to shut my brain off. It allows for me to stop the mental chatter. It allows for me to process from a level of decision-making that I'm proud of, which just sounds, I know, completely crazy because you're like, it's a drug, Rachel. It, you just said it separates you from your head, from your body. Well, sometimes I'm too close to the human form. Sometimes I need to get in touch intuitively and I am too grounded in making land-based decisions that that's what screws me up. I need something to take the pressure off of it to realize that it's not life or death every time. And that is what it does for me. And so I, and I'm sure you get this, but it's like, I'm not like lighting up every time I need to make a decision. I'm not lighting up every time anything realistically. Um, but it just has been very helpful for me. It's been so helpful for me. So maybe cannabis and THC specifically is not your thing, but maybe you could get on board with trying some CBD. Maybe you're open to some Delta 8s and Delta 9s. There are head shops already popping up around Nebraska for these types of places that you could go and get educated. Um, there's obviously the Google. There is this amazing book that I have in my possession. Um, I, I think it's called the Weed Diction Encyclopedia, uh, maybe. But again, most of the stuff that I learn is from dispensaries or people in the industry, right? Everything else I had to go out and read about. I had to go out and take a podcast, take a podcast, listen to a podcast or take a class on. I had to find people who were educated and passionate about this, that who could, I, I could truthfully, uh, you know, know that they were going to be in my best interest, giving me this information as well. All of those things are so important. All of those things are so important. And this is true of anything. It's not just about cannabis. Wouldn't you do this with your antidepressant? Wouldn't you do this with your mental health specialist? If you were deciding to go see a therapist, wouldn't you do this? Wouldn't you vet out your life coach and make sure that they were, um, you know, properly um, equipped to help you navigate through this? Wouldn't you do this if you were hiring a photographer or wouldn't you do this if you were hiring somebody to create a website for you, you would do a little bit of research. You don't necessarily have to do everything yourself. There are people who can help you do these things, but you will have to make the decision on what's best for you in your life and where you're going. So at the end of the day, if you ask Rachel, like what is in your toolbox? I would say meditation, prayer, cannabis, water consumption, feeling my emotions, talking more than the average person does, self-care. Um, and I think those are probably, I listed seven. Seven's really good. Seven's really good for, you know, like consistent health care. Um, but you need to have something. Journaling, breathing. I don't do breathing specifically. I do it off and on. But anything. Any type of ritual is going to be phenomenal for you and connecting to your body, connecting to your higher self, connecting to all of these things that you feel like you're struggling with anyway, right? Because even if you're getting help from a mental health professional, is that person going to be able to tap into the higher you? Is that person going to be able to go into the future and say, hey, Susan, hey, Karen, hey, Lily, whoever, uh, you know, you're really just looking for some advice in the present and I'm really just trying to help you get there. So what is it that I can tell you that's going to happen? You know, like who is going to be able to tell you that? People can give you skills, but nobody's going to be able to tell you what is best for you. And I am often still waiting for that person to come along. I'm often still waiting for that person to tell me when I'm looking for the answers. And all you need to do is get blazed up and do some meditation and reflection. Like that is all that Rachel needs to do for it to really work out. And sometimes if it's like beyond that, you know, um, I just wait for my period and I bleed on it. And that's like a new thing, by the way. Okay. And if you're, if you're feminine, I, I can't even begin to tell you how amazing that is when you... I mean, of course, it's a heavy conversation when you're getting in touch with using cannabis and then you're flowing with the seasons or the waxing and waning of the moon or whatever, okay? It's impeccably crazy. Like, it's just where we're meant to be, more in touch. And, like, you can't argue that. We are born 
from stardust. We come from this earth. We have seasons just as animals do, just as the planet does. So when you tap into those things, and I just think that using something so woohoo-y like cannabis, it, I mean, I guess I guess this is my hippie identity, but I, you don't have to be a hippie to, to get this. You really don't. I, I'm telling you that I know people in their young 20s. I know people in their 80s who are cannabis users. I know people who are um, six-figure earners who work in corporate America. I know people who would definitely look and smell just like patchouli who are involved in cannabis. It is more than you think and is more than you know. It's more than you think and it's more than you know. So um, I hope that you got something from this podcast today. And if it was anything, just to go to the Google, even if you need to put it in incognito mode because you're a little bit scared. You're all scared for people to know that you're interested in the cannabis. That's okay. That's all right. Literally, even when we were looking for dispensaries in our first couple of trips to Colorado, in Colorado, in the state of Colorado, I still like erased my history on my phone. And I was self-employed, by the way. So who was I worried about? It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, I can get your nervousness is all that it is. is. It feels like there's a magnifier on you that somebody's going to be judging you. And that's okay. That's all right but if you if you're ever looking for somebody I don't have a huge robust network of cannabis users um because again I just don't think anybody's talking about it but I'm telling you that people are interested in it so if you have questions if you think that I might be able to help you are welcome to reach out to me I would of course love to point you in the direction of getting you some um, information that would help if, it, if it's something I can help with if not beyond me of course and getting you there as well but Again, it doesn't have to be cannabis. The point of this conversation today was not necessarily to sell you on cannabis. I hope you'll consider it. I hope you'll look at it. I hope you'll see that the benefits and the studies that have been done with PTSD, with anti-anxiety, with antidepressants, with increased libido, with all of these things, with cannabis, with a little plant that we literally can grow from the ground. It's just so powerful. So powerful. So I'm going to go ahead and get this uploaded as it usually goes out in 30 minutes from now. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know, I will be thinking about you uh, when I am in Colorado this weekend, weekend um, acquiring some new information and content for the, the podcast part two about the ode to cannabis for sure. And um, other than that, I, I think that's really all that I got for you. Uh, I really hope that you got something from this. If it was nothing, just to empower yourself to be an advocate for your own health space for sure. Uh, make sure to slide this into somebody else's DMs if you feel like they might get some advocacy from it as well screenshot it put in your story whatever you want to do just to hype me up a little bit no let me know that we're connecting via this as well uh next week we'll be back of course don't forget if you uh if you're somebody who's not very much on the facebook you might not have seen that i've got my ninth annual holiday appreciation sale happening next week for clients there's a bogo happening on um some really popular bath items now but i want to make sure that you get in on if you want to spoil yourself for the holidays or somebody else as well there'll be new stuff there's uh classic stuff and lots of different savings to be had too so if you need an invite to that make sure you let me know years old and feminine energy of course to be a part of the vip lounge but it's a magical place with lots of things happening so i'm gonna go ahead and tune out for the evening i appreciate each and every one of you for being a part of this journey with me uh, as as you allow for me to hold this space to speak my truth i am excited to see and say oh my gosh rachel where will you be in three to five years from now right this podcast is just the beginning of it this little space that you've been in for about 18 months now of coaching it's just in its infancy you used to be so scared to even do this kind of stuff and you can even imagine doing anything else at this point and all you got to do is just get out there and continue with this experience you just have to keep saying what you want to say keep you know reaching out to the people that really need to hear this message they're they're getting it i'm just telling this um, this is future self telling rachel right here um as a little word of encouragement and it's because of each and every one of you i literally thought about this i guess i'm going to just add this really quick and um and then i'll go i thought about this on my story the other day as people were sending me birthday love and stuff like that and um the excitement about going to colorado is that you guys literally understand that you fund my life like literally you fund my life. If it wasn't possible, if it wasn't for you, my life is not possible. The things that I experience, the things that I get to teach myself and reteach to you, it's because of you. You literally pay me to do what I'm doing. And it was just like this, 
whoa kind of moment because I'm always feeling so guilty about taking people's money. But I promise you that this, this form of energy you give to me, I'm doing everything in my power to take it back and invest it 10 times fold so that I can regurgitate it back to us. So in any way that you support me, whether it's energetically through compensation, um, whether it's energetically by just showing me some love, energetically by popping onto my Facebook and saying hi or whatever, sliding into my inbox, you have to understand the power that you have in this thing that I'm doing. And I appreciate you so much because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have a reason to be here or to sit here or to figure out what I love doing, what I do. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. As always, uh, I'm crazy about you. So stay happy, stay healthy. Wash your hands, of course. And uh, in this time of season, make sure that you're doing all of the things above a little extra more, especially smoking that cannabis if you really want to get into it. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you very much. Have a great night.